Coming at you from Brainy Stem, this is Magical Tea Party, where one dungeon master puts the kettle on for four friends who have never played Dungeons & Dragons before. My name is Corey Pike, and at this time, I would like to introduce you to our intrepid dungeon master, Sophia. Say hello, Sophia. Hello. Thanks for having me, Corey. So what are we doing? We are going to play D&D as its abbreviated term. It's short for Dungeons & Dragons. Although, honestly, I can't remember if it's like D ampersand D or if it's D, the letter N, D. I can never, I can never get those right. <laughs> D, N, D. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like that one. Easy for you to say. Yeah, D, N, D. I, you know what? I like that one better. <laughs> uh, so, so this is something I've kind of been playing since college off and on with friends I mean, I know we're nerds, but I was actually surprised that you've never played D&D. So what made you want to play? I have always wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. It was just I, for some reason, the people that I'm around, I kind of assumed that they wouldn't be interested in it. And I started to ask them and surprisingly, they said, yes, I'd be interested in doing it. And so... It worked out well because you're kind of an experienced player in the game and work brand new. So I think with the show, it'll be us learning how the how the game is played, growing as characters, growing as players. And hopefully it'll be a lot of fun for people to join along with us and uh, listen to us play. Yeah, absolutely. I actually love playing with new people. I feel that newbies bring in this kind of fresh aspect into playing. They're more open to learning and adapting. And some of my best memories that I have playing D&D is with people who've never played before. And I this campaign I wrote just for you, John, Claudia, and Liz, only found on Brainy Stem, only here, folks. <laughs> and, and so I really hope that you like it. And this is original content. And you know what? You're right. I'm actually surprised y'all never played. I, I can't believe that I'm the nerdy nerdiest one. That can't be right. No, we're so nerdy that we never played it. That's we're on oh. the we we overwent the nerdy scale. Oh, I see. You just like skipped D and D and went straight into like Lord of the Rings and foreign <laughs> cinema. I got it. Okay. Mm. <laughs> All right, you want to get started? Well, yeah, let's uh, let's jump in and get started. <laughs> awesome! Can't wait. Somewhere in the high, snow-covered mountains where a raging blizzard swirls around everywhere. This is occurring in an unknown place, in an unknown time, and in an unknown cave. We see someone hunched over a dim fire trying to keep warm from the deadly cold. Her hair, silver, knotted and unkept, covers her almost faded eyes. Her body is covered by heavy blankets that are embroidered with ancient-looking symbols. The walls of the cave are occupied by shelves filled with mystical rarities. There are potions of every color of the prism as well. Fractured skulls and bones from unknown primal beasts litter the floor and the wall, and woven baskets hold decomposed human limbs. Suddenly, and without provoke, a bottle of gray liquid falls from one of the shelves, breaks, spilling its contents on the floor, and converge together heading towards the fire in the middle of the cave. As soon as this iron-colored substance makes contact with the fire, the fire immediately enlarges, almost touching the ceiling, and turns the flames into a ghastly violet. The fire roars definitely and becomes violent as lilac ambers dance around it. 
As it does, the shadow of a small lizard emerges from behind the shelves and scrawls next to the woman. She turns over and looks at it and says, hmm, under her breath, unfazed by this pyrotechnic performance. She turns to her companion and stares into its amber eyes and says, perhaps I should warn someone. Eventually, after a few moments, the fire returns back to its original shape and color, leaving no trace of what just occurred. And as it does, the woman just goes back to lying down on her side and goes to sleep. So we turn into a scene, nice green forest. It's a sunny day, not a cloud in sight, mild temperatures, good weather. And all four of you are walking up a road together side by side. Let's go into introductions. How about we all take turns and say your name, your character. And then after you do, tell me how y'all met. This is a... Great day. It's peaceful outside, and you obviously don't see any threats. All right, I guess I'll go first. I am Irindor, and I'm a half-elf, half-man, and basically my mother died, you know, and away in war, and I was raised mostly by my elven father, but I wasn't accepted by the elves or the humans, as is typical in this situation. I kind of grew up a hard, hard person because of that, and I became a soldier, and I fought for it, and I, I prefer to be alone and, you know, not with the group. I kind of met these people, which you'll find out later, but kind of decided, eh, maybe I'll stick with them for a while and see where things go. That's that's pretty much it. I'm a ranger, and I like to keep my enemies far at a distance and keep my friends far at a distance as well. All right. So my character's name is Karaga, and she is an Eladrin elf and a druid. So she has healing capabilities, and she's basically lived in the Feywild all her life. She was offered to, she was one of the select few. She was asked to join the gods. But, you know, she didn't want to do that because she was very curious about the outside world and getting to know the other races. But they warned her that if she did that, she was going to lose a lot of her. She was going to slowly start losing her fey abilities, but she kind of threw that to the side. And I mean, she would still live way longer than, you know, the average being. So she went out and explored the world, got to meet a lot of other races, frequented a lot of taverns and enjoying some good times with dwarves and little folk. Yeah, she's basically been enjoying herself and spending a lot of time in the forest and woods healing animals. Nice. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Uh, my name is Pika, and I'm a human monk. When I was younger, my seven brothers and I joined the local militia, and we were betrayed by one of the generals. All my brothers were killed. I barely escaped with my life, but I was very, very injured. And I made my way and passed out at, on the steps of a monastery. The monks took me in and healed me. And because I couldn't go back home, I trained with them in the arts of combat. Eventually, I was going to go back home because the general who betrayed us took my family hostage. And I tried to save them, but I was too late. So now I wander the countryside trying to do good and trying to perfect my mind, body, and soul. My character's name is Tezel, and she's a rock gnome. She is very mysterious. Her biggest secret is where she's from. She will never tell anybody. It's for the safety of her village and her family. She was raised in caves, and that's pretty much all you can ever know about her past. She pretty much travels. She's going and going 
trying to explore the world, trying to stay away from her home as much as possible for the unknown secrets that maybe, maybe or maybe not will come out one day. She was raised with her father and five brothers, very strong fighters. And despite her petite figure, she's inherited a lot of strength and abilities to fight, use a lot of weapons. Yeah, she's a lonely traveler. She never settles in one place for long. She wishes to have like friends and family. She does miss where she comes from, but she knows she can never go back. And even though she looks harmless and small, she must not be underestimated because if anybody crosses her, she will make them pay. <laughs> That's Tessle. Hey, nice. But you will tell me where you're from, just so, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it will all unravel. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, all right. I like that. I like that. Okay, and how would y'all meet? It's kind of a long story. I can read it. No, it's not that long of a story. <laughs> so, everyone remembers where they were when the plague hit, especially us four. We were inside enjoying a cold drink separately, trying to get a break from the outside heat, when we heard tell of a plague spreading quickly throughout the land. The tavern keeper seemed relaxed about the whole thing, not thinking it would reach his humble village, or surely not his humble tavern, but when someone came barging in with, with panic in their eyes, shouting that someone nearby was showing symptoms, the four of us knew that we had to act. We quickly got up from our respective seats and barred the door. The tavern keeper was none too pleased with this action, but when he approached the door, one of us threatened to throw him out of his own tavern if he tried anything. He backed down and retreated behind his bar. The four of us kept anyone from entering or leaving the tavern. If anyone tried to escape, we fought them back. This went on for weeks until it seemed the plague had stopped spreading, and it was just in time too. There was very little left in the tavern food stores. When everyone left the tavern and saw both the devastation and the death that pl the plague brought, they thanked us profusely for our swift life-saving action. Even the tavern keeper thanked us, for we had surely saved his life. As the four of us began to go our separate ways, someone suggested that we should all travel together at least until the next town. We'd gotten to know each other quite well being locked up in the tavern, and joining up seemed like a smart move. However, when we reached the next town, we found that we complimented one another quite well, and we decided to stick together even longer. That's our story. Hey, good job. Good job. Did y'all do that on together, or? Yes. That was mostly John. Threw some ideas out. Nice. How long ago did this happen? Like, how long have you known each other? I'd say at least a year or more. I don't know. What does everyone else think? Yeah. So it's recent. Okay. I like that. All right. So all four of you are kind of just chit-chatting, trading good stories of who'd you beat up at the tavern who wanted to escape, just reminiscing of that awesome time, pulling people from the exit, Shaun of the Dead style, I, <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> and you're walking up a path and you notice that the trees start to change. And it's no longer, you know, normal forest flora that you're running into. But all the trees start to look the same. And they're all bearing the same type of fruit, which are apples. These trees are everywhere. Some are even growing out of each other, which is kind of weird. And you notice that the further you walk down this path, the apples are actually starting to change color. They're not that bright, vibrant red color. They're starting to get a little darker and not typical of apples. So I'm pretty sure all four of you are familiar with the fruit. <laughs> so as you walk up the forest, you all notice that. Do you say anything? Well, when I was at the monastery, we ate a lot of apples. 
And these apples are starting to look like not normal apples. I can tell you that after probably eating apples every day for three years. So I don't know what we want to do about that. This does seem a bit mysterious, I think. Does anyone have any idea what the cause of this could be? Some sort of dark magic, perhaps? Can I do something to investigate? Yeah, so this is a perfect time to look at your character sheets. Whenever you want to do like a more detailed look of the environment, a particular item, you can pull up your character sheet, all those different like acrobatics, animal hand handling, arcana, athletics. And so you pick one that you think would suit best to the situation and you would roll a d20. And based on the roll plus that number on the far right, that bonus, I'll tell you if you succeed or you don't succeed or you partially succeed. I think since Corey spoke first, did you want to do a check on, on the apples? I have a plus two on medicine. So I was wondering if I could inspect one of the apples to see if it's, if not beneficial, then maybe poisonous. Yeah. Roll that d20. I got an eight plus two, so 10. You kind of look at the apples and they don't look good, but that's all you can really tell. They don't look good. If you were to bite this thing, it probably won't be that sweet, crispy, or maybe even sweet tart flavored. They just don't look good. Well, I have animal handling plus three. Maybe I can observe the animals and see if they approach the fruit, if they will eat it or avoid it to see if it's safe. So I understand what you're saying. Okay. But animal handling doesn't apply to that, but you can do a perception check and see if you see any animals around the area. Plus three in perception for me. So, Perfect. Okay. Roll that d20. So we're going to be rolling for her in the beginning. Oh, okay. Go ahead and roll. Oh, man. <laughs> so four plus, was it three, three, Lizeth? Three, yes. So seven. You look around and you hear a bug just flying by. And you say, ooh, a bug. What bug do you see? I imagine like a beetle. It's very pretty and shiny. Yes, shiny. <laughs> I think Erandior should eat one. Why me? Why do I have to eat one? <laughs> I wanted to ask some I'm animals. offering you up as the sacrificial food taster. <laughs> no, don't eat one. Okay, I won't. What was that, Karaga? Karaga? I wanted to ask a squirrel if they know anything about this. Would that be a perception check? So what I'm going to ask you to do is do a perception check first. And if you succeed, then you can walk up to the squirrel and ask. Okay. So that's eight plus four. You hear a lot of chitter chatter in the trees. But from what you can tell, it's not just squirrels, it's mice, it's birds. And there's a lot of woodland animals, but you can't seem to pinpoint a particular animal. They kind of sound kind of far away. So just as an FYI, like in this situation, everybody gets one turn. And if everybody finishes, then I'll narrowly move the, the story forward. So Irindor. Yes. For example, Irindor hasn't gone yet. If he wants to do something, he can. Or he could just be like, I just stand around looking cool. Yeah, I, I think I'll try. I mean, we, we haven't been doing well on our perception uh, checks. I have a perception plus two, so... We got to figure out what's going on with these apples, and I'm not eating one. I, that's, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so 11, 13 total. Well, well, what are you trying to perceive? 
I'm trying to perceive the apples themselves. Basically, I know something's wrong with them, but what is there any sort of obvious thing that's wrong with them? So when you take a look at, you said a 14? 13, 13. So you kind of take a look at these apples and they're, you know how like if you leave an apple out for too long, they get black spots, kind of mushy black spots around the fruit. That's all you can tell. But you can't tell if it's magically done or maybe these are just a batch of bad apples or maybe they're mutated or for all you know, this could be a new type of apple that they're mushy on purpose or maybe they're now that color. So that's all you can perceive with that roll. As you all kind of hear, kind of look at the trees and kind of checking out the apples, all of you trying to deduce what's going on, you move a little forward and you hear a scream. And it's a deep male scream. And but not like he's in danger. He's like, ah, like that, just kind of exasperated and angry, just slightly over the hill. Kind of close, but not that far away. What do you do? Hey guys, do you think we should go check out what that scream is about or leave him be? I think checking out the scream would be the way to go. You see the road of the different orchards and you see the road and it kind of curves a little bit. So you can't see, but it's obviously pretty close. If you hit that turn, you'll see what that noise is, where that noise is coming from. Is there a crest of a hill where we can kind of go up to and, and look over? From a distance? Yeah, from a distance, because that's what I think we should do. Yes. That sounds like a good plan to me. Sure. So you walk kind of cautiously, I'm, I'm guessing. Very cautiously. So all four of you kind of approach up the slight hill down the road from the west side, not trying to make as much noise. So as you look up the clearing, you see kind of in a distance, the road dips and then it kind of goes back up into a small plateau and you see a dwarf. From that distance, you can't really see too much details from it, but you see a cart and two four-legged animals. Again, you can't really see that well into detail, kind of hitched into the cart, but all you can see is just a dwarf standing kind of next to the cart and scratching his head. Walks over to the other side and then shakes his head again and then he walks again to the other and just, uh, and then you hear another, ah, sound echoing down the road. What do you do? That sounds more like a, a cry of frustration than anything else. Yeah, it doesn't sound, you know, could you describe him again so I, so I can see what he looks like in my, in my mind? You can definitely tell that this is a dwarf just by the size. His height kind of is a little above higher than the carriage, but you can't really see too detailed the physical features. You traveled enough where you can kind of tell the race of someone by the height. For sure, this individual is a dwarf. Do I need to do a perception check to see if he has any weapons that I can see? You are too far. If you want to try, it'll be with disadvantage. Okay. No, that's okay. And you said there was in the carriage, maybe animals? Yeah, this carriage is being is hitched by two animals. The cart kind of covers it. So you don't know what type of animal is pulling this cart. Okay. Isn't one of us friendly wants to go talk to him? Or should we approach him more cautiously? Someone with high charisma? Minus negative one, so nothing. <laughs> I got negative one too. Mine's plus one. It's not great. Do we want to go up as a group or just one of us one of us as a representative and the rest of us hide? I do have high stealth. I could sneak up and maybe get a closer look and come back and let you guys know, but I'm open to other ideas. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's any place to hide though. Mm. I mean, you could probably sneak up to the uh to the cart, I suppose. Or should one of us just approach him in a friendly way? I agree because we might feel a little threatening if we approach like that. 
and he didn't seem to be in danger or anything. He was just frustrated. Sorry, I've just had bad experience with dwarves in the past, so I'm a little more uh, paranoid. <laughs> but if you guys want to do it, that's fine with me. I'm a friendly monk, so maybe he would be a little more open to talk to somebody who looks a little more benign. Because you guys have weapons on you, and I, I have a quarter staff, but it's more like a glorified walking stick. So um, if you want, I'll go up and talk to him. Sounds good. Works for me. All right, DM. Hmm. Hold on. I'm trying to think. Okay, this is what's going to happen. Corey, you're going to keep your audio on and the three of you will be muted for me. I'm only going to talk to Corey for a quick second. I'll just take off my headphones. Yeah, we'll probably just pull yeah. our headphones off. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, fine. you can do that too. I didn't know. You- just give us a thumbs up when we're ready to come back. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. All right, Pika. You go down the road and as you get closer, you can kind of see that this is a dwarf. And the animals that were hitched to the cart are two very large rams with long curled horns. One's kind of like stomping the ground, obviously irritated, and the other one's just kind of like just eating. He has his back to you, this dwarf. He has dark brown hair tied in a high bun. And just by kind of looking at his profile, you can see that his beard convalesces into one single braid that goes all the way down to his chest and he doesn't see you what do you do well i'm going to not scream but just kind of politely say hello just to not to startle him but just to get his attention all right so what do you say i say hello there ah ah oh thank goodness thank the stars you're here my carriage broke down and He points to the wheel on the back, and yeah, it's obviously broken down. One of the spokes broke. And he's like, ah, I'm so glad you're here. I need help. I'm so mad at myself. My wife told me to take my son, and I didn't. Do you know how to repair a wheel? Um, I could probably help you out. Just to let you know, I do have three companions who are, we were a little weary on approaching. So my three companions are waiting in the woods, but amongst the four of us, we'd probably be able to help you out, I think. Can I call them out? Ah, even better. Hopefully one of y'all can help me. I'm already late and hopefully one of y'all know how to repel our wheel. Yes, call them over, please. I have, my weapons are in my cart if you want to check and... Sometimes strange creatures come in this forest. I would appreciate all the help. Okay, let's call them over. Okay. And we're back. So what happened? (laughs) You come up and this guy's wheel broke. Um, He's got a couple rams in the front of the cart. And he, his cart broke, so he just needs a little help getting the wheel back on. So I, I told him that amongst the four of us, we could probably help him out with that. Oh, uh, I didn't get your name, sir. It is... Ah, Onik. Onik. And oh my God, a gnome, an elf, and half-elf, and a human traveling together? Oh, now that is a rare sight to see. Uh, hopefully all four of you, can you help me, please? I'm already late, and my wife will have my head if I show up late to this event. Please, can you help me with my wheel? I guess we'll help. <laughs> who's got the Who's got the strength? I've got plus one. Lizzie, Tezel's really strong. Plus two? Plus, this is just a plus that we say? or So the higher the plus is, the higher, you know, it's better for you. I mean, I don't want you to get discouraged if there's a plus zero or a negative one. <laughs> it's all on the chance. Yes. <laughs> so it's just up to you. The dwarf delighted to see all four of you. 
can see that this dwarf has very dark brown hair and his hair is tied into a high bun and his beard is all the way down to his chest but it convalesces to one long braid so this is he looks like he took the time to dress up so it's obvious that he's going somewhere kind of nice and he looks to all four of you he's like oh if one of you or two of you can lift the wagon i can fix the spoke myself it's just i cannot do both at the same time so can we combine our strength bonuses if two of us are lifting is that allowed so if two of you want to do it together, you will just roll naturally, combine them together. If you make higher than a 15, you can lift it. So both of you roll together and you add it together. If you beat 15, then you're able to lift the cart. Minus plus two strength, so. So Lizeth probably should be one of the people. Or sorry, uh, Tessel should be one of the people. <laughs> I have a plus one. What about you, Corey? I got a plus one as well. I'm trying to remember how to pronounce the monk's name. It's, I can never remember after this year of traveling together. Man, after a year, you still can't get it. It's it's Pike. Pike. It's like after a year, you're just like, hey, buddy. Can I call you P for short? Pike. <laughs> you're one of those people that even if you know each of someone else for a while, you don't really know their name, but you're too embarrassed to ask. Yeah. At least that's the way I am. Sorry, it's the way I was raised. Blame my elven father. <laughs> I don't know how to say Irondior either, so... <laughs> We'll just say, dude. Hey, dude. That works for me. Okay. So who's uh? So let's lift lift this. So thing. Tessel will roll, and we will have a roll for her. Pike, would you like to roll additionally? We one was a nine. Uh, I rolled a seven plus one is a eight. So we have eleven plus eight. So Pike and Tessel on three one. Two, three, you kind of lift it. This thing is heavy, heavy, and you barely get it off the ground with that combined roll. And you're kind of, you know, like when you help your friend move and that TV is just really, really heavy, but you're kind of like a little bit shaking. And on it kind of goes like, just hold, hold, hold. And he just runs to the wheel, pulls out his switchblade and starts shaving it. So and starts taping it together with a cloth that he had in his cart. Oh, this is taking me longer than I thought. Can you hold? Roll again. This time you have to beat a 17. This thing is getting really heavy. Combined? Combined, yeah. I kind of noticed they're struggling and I kind of want to go and help them. Sure. Run up there. We all should run up. Okay. So this is for Tezel. 19. 21 right there. Should the rest of us bother rolling? <laughs> no, you don't have to roll. Okay. All we needed was her strength. Yeah, <laughs> small but strong. So Tezel, you with that nineteen, how how are you feeling lifting that that cart? Okay, so it was I'm pretty tired after that. <laughs> you notice that Tezel kind of kicks it into high gear, and the cart stops shaking. You got you all three of you have a really good grip of this cart, and Onyx just starts shaving a, a little longer, a little longer, and he pulls the spike out. Takes out another one and starts jamming it in there. It seemed like there was three broken spokes. So whatever made this wheel break off, it must have been something really, really hard. So he puts it in. And when he shoves the spoke into the wheel, it shakes the whole cart again. And the rams start to buck. They were not expecting this type of movement. So the rams are bucking. One more roll. And this time, all three of you have to beat a 22. 
This is to lift. We're still lifting. You're still lifting. You're all still holding that cart and the rams are bucking. They are not liking this weird sensation on them. Can I try to calm them down? Yeah. How do you want to calm them down? With animal handling? Yeah. These are domesticated rams. They're big, but they're obviously around people. So yeah, roll it. Oh, man. Nice. <laughs> so that's a, a one. Yeah, that's a one. Plus four. <laughs> so five. <laughs> so what were you trying to do with the rams? How were you trying to calm them down? So kind of just like talking softly to them, petting them lightly. So you kind of grab it by the ear. I kind of imagine saying like, calm down, <laughs> relax. God, just yelling, just yelling into the round. Calm down. <laughs> the rams are not happy. Now, because of that, the rams are bucking even harder. Two of you have disadvantage on your rolls. So go ahead. So let's do, you know what? I'll let Tezel, you can keep a straight roll. Irindor and Pike, you both roll with disadvantage. So you roll two d20s and you have to take the lower ones. 12. 19. Ugh. So I have 12 plus 1, so 13. So my lower was an 8, plus 1 is uh, 9. And Tessel's rolling? 17. Why can't I roll good for myself? <laughs> <laughs> All right, good job. While even though the rams are bucking kind of wildly, you, you are able to maintain that cart. And Onik finishes with the spokes. All right, all right, drop it, drop it, drop it. And then all three of you let go at the same time and thunk that cart just kind of lands down and sways. And he kind of lifts, calms the sweat from his brow and says, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for helping me. I owe you one, all four of you. I owe you one. And so all of you are kind of a little exhausted from lifting that, that cart. Except for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for all your help, Karaga. I was useless. <laughs> so can I ask him what happened? About the apples. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so were you just driving along and the and the spokes just went out or did something did something happen? Oh, this is all my fault. I should have replaced the wheels before leaving, but I was in such a rush. You see this, we're on a little plateau. I must have hit something and the wheel broke. I don't know what I was thinking. Usually my rams are pretty good pulling my cart, but I don't know. This road is always weird. It always gives me the heebie-jeebies every time I come down. So all four of you, I want you to roll a perception check. And that's a d20 also? Mm-hmm. You're going to be playing with the d20 a lot. All right. I'm going for perception. 13 plus 2, 15. This is for Karaga. Uh, 6 plus 4, 10. And for Tezel, 7. I don't know. What's your perception? Plus 3. And Pika, 8 plus 2, 10. Irindor, you hear some laughing coming from the forest. I think I hear laughing, you guys. And it's a deep laughing, like... <laughs> just really really weird laughs coming from the forest does anyone else hear that bellowing laughter coming from the forest or is it just me i didn't hear anything me either my ears usually don't fail me there definitely was some sort of sound coming from the forest i kind of want to investigate but what do you guys think what kind of sound was it it was like a, a loud bellowing laughter 
Hmm. Almost like a, not quite a cackle. Or was it a cackle? Do you want to roll to see if you can identify what it was? I'll let you pick. What do you think is your best bet? Let's see. Probably um, if I have insight into the sound of what creature that made. But that would also be perception. Although they're both a plus two, so I guess it doesn't matter. So I guess I'll just use perception to see if I can identify what kind of laughter this was. So that's a six. As you kind of think and ponder what that cackling laughing was, you see six shadows emerge from the forest and you see these four-legged animals with a brown coat and spots and a hairy mane and you see its fangs just kind of dripping with saliva and its eyes are bright purple, almost like they don't have an iris, but they're very bright purple. And you hear them just laughing. (laughs) You run into a pack of hyenas. You roll for initiative. So this is when you take your character sheet, you go up to the top, and then you see what your initiative bonus is. This is going to determine the turn order. So since none of you could identify what the threat was, I'm letting you know as of right now that the hy- unless someone rolls an, a 19 or higher, the hyenas are going to go first. All right, I'll roll for Kariga. Four plus two, six. And then for Tezel, 15 plus one. I'm rolling here. Ooh, Ooh. 20 plus two, 22. Nice. And I'm rolling a 14 plus three, so 14, 15, 16, 17. We could try to use our animal handling just as an aside. Minus a three. I know, Claudia, yours is high. I mean... Yeah, I have a four, but if I don't roll well. Did these have purple eyes? That seems abnormal, but I'm not an expert on hyenas. You guys are the animal handlers here. They must have been eating the apples. Mm-hmm. Making them a little high, maybe. <laughs> All right, Irindor, hearing them helped out. You go first. They are roughly 25 feet away. They're kind of like power walking towards you. What do you do? My first instinct is to shoot them with my bow because they seem a little dangerous and violent. However, I want to ask my team since sometimes I act a little brashly as if I'm not with a team. So if you want to chat, that'll be your bonus action. Okay. The order of, the, of the, what you do in a turn during an encounter, it can be rearranged however you want. But talking and in interaction with someone is considered a bonus action or in fourth edition, it was like a minor action. Just know that that will talking to your teammates will take up your bonus action. So I get a main action, which would be like to attack them or to move closer to them. And then a bonus action is like, yeah, a little more minor one. Huh? Yes, it's movement, main action, bonus action and reaction. So a regular attack will be your main action, but you can do something that's like physically assertive. Just pretty much anything that you have to put like your weapons away to actually like do something, that'll be an action. A bonus action is something minor, like throw an item, like a light item, or you talk to someone, or you tie a rope or something like that. Something that doesn't exert a lot of physical strength. And then your movement, your movement is your speed. If you look up to the your character sheet, it says like 30, some of you might be 30 feet, maybe 35 feet. That's just how, how, how far you can move. So you can always 
attack then move or move then attack or you could do a minor move and then attack you could do it in any order that you like okay so i think i would still like to use a minor action and ask my compatriots can i ask them all at once or can i only ask one person sure no you can do it all at once so guys uh these hyenas look a little scary do you think we should attack them because they're obviously coming with us quickly and they're only about 25 feet away or should i just start shooting As a monk, I would normally say we should try to resolve things peacefully. However, the problem with that, like if we use animal handling and you fail, then they're probably going to chomp at you and you're going to lose some hit points. Maybe we can just kind of knock them on the head and incapacitate them, but not kill them. I suggest we should all try to fight because it's only six of them. And since I'm a fighter, I think I can handle a couple. I'm pretty confident. I'm confident maybe we can get through this. Karaga, do you have anything to add? I think I know what I'm going to do. Right now, we're all leaning towards attacking, which I think is what I'm planning on doing. So Onik kind of notices that all four of you are talking and says, Ah, what are y'all talking about? And then sees the hyenas and, Ah, get them away from my car. You can kill them. I'll skin them, push them away, drive them away. I don't care. Don't mess with my cart. Can you help me, please? So I think I'm going to use my longbow. And I'm going to fire off an arrow. So you roll that d20 and then you go in because I'm looking at your character sheet. You do you roll your d20, you add four to see if you hit. Okay. And then the damage roll is if I hit? Yes. Okay. So I'm rolling the d20. 18 plus four, that's 22. That's a hit. And now I roll a d8. Yeah. And then you do plus two. Okay. Six. So the hyenas, there's one kind of like in a V shape. So it's one and then two and then another two on the side with one kind of trailing back. Are you aiming at any particular one? I'm aiming at the lead one. The lead one. Okay. So you pull back your arrow, flies through the air, and it hits it in his shoulder. And it was laughing, but now it's not laughing anymore. And it is bloodied. So what bloodied means is that at least half of its his points is has been taken away. So it's bleeding pretty bad. Is that your turn? Yes, that is my turn. I'm going to stay back with my bow for a while. So the lead hyena turns over to his shoulder where the arrow was and bites it off and throws the shards of the arrow back. And then it laughs a disturbingly low laugh. All six of them start charging towards your cart. They have enough space, I mean, I mean distance, to go all four of you. So what what is your arrangement? You're kind of like all four of you are in a row or like, to be honest, I should have asked this before the encounter started. Like, what's your arrangement? Who's in the front? Who's in the back? Are you all horizontal? I figured we were surrounding the cart because we had just finished. So we were kind of in the same, you know, one is next to the cart, one is on the other side, one in the front. Not not in a, a line, but, you know, around the cart. Okay. I'd probably be facing the hyena since I yeah, just attacked them. Yeah. So that hyena charge and is going to try and bite you. Does an 11 hit your AC? Okay, so when I say does it hit, does that mean is the number I rolled higher than your AC? It is not. It's not? Okay. So I try to bite at you and it misses. And then another one goes, moves past it swiftly. Goes around and tries to bite you. Oh, that'll definitely miss. You're just dodging all these hyena attacks. Another one comes up and rushes Karaga. 
Man, these hyenas aren't they're looking so good. They miss. <laughs> Another one charges Tezel. And that's a not 20. So that's a hit. So I rolled a 20. And that's what that... So when you roll a natural 20, that's what it's called when you roll a 20. What's going to happen is it's going to be an automatic hit, max damage, and then I roll an extra dice. And all of you have this ability too. So that hyena goes up, charges, and does seven points of damage to Tezel. Kind of bites at you. Bites your leg. Oh, do I hit the damage on my sheet? Yeah. Okay. So you subtract it from your HP, your hit points. Seven. Ouch. And then Pike A, 19 versus your AC? Uh, AC is 15. All right. So that's a hit. Mm. All right. Four points of damage. And the last hyena actually goes to the side and tries to bite the ram. Not the ram. And that ram just kind of lifts its hoof and is like, nope, nope. Nope, just kind of like moving its legs. And the rams are bucking really, really, really hard. And Onik is actually jumped on the cart, pulled on the reins, and is trying to calm him down. And that's their turn. Tezel, what do you want to do? Okay, maybe find a way to heal myself since I'm weak right now. Can you heal with your with your character? Would it be medicine or... You have to have a spell. Okay, gotcha. So, no, then I don't. Let me see. Right now, none of you have potions. In the future, you can have, with the game, I'll see how you can get potions. But as of right now, you don't have any potions. How about the survival? What can I do with that so I can try to maybe hide? Does that count for that? That's when you do, like, a check. Okay. You can use your turn to kind of hide if you want. Yes, try to stay away. I'm looking at your bonus actions and you have something called second wind where it says once per short rest you can use a bonus action to regain 1d10 plus one hit points okay i see it do you want to do that yes i'll do that so roll a d10 and then add one yeah <laughs> what, what was it well it was there <laughs> It was a- nine <laughs> okay i call shenanigans no just kidding <laughs> all right you heal for 10 and you just kind of hide you don't want to do anything you can always like i said you can always do the minor action first and then you can do your main action is that all you want to do oh uh, that'll be my turn okay pike your turn well, I have no way of healing, um, and I'm down to half my hit points, so I'm going to attack the hyena that bit me, and I'm going to use my quarterstaff. Okay. And I'm rolling which die? Your d20, and then you're going to add five to that roll. So f- t- 15 total. Nice. That hits. Nice. And that's a, a 1d8, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a versatile weapon? Yep. And it's plus three. Six plus three, nine. All right. How do you kill this hyena? How do I kill it? Yep. I didn't really mean to kill it, but I hit it on top of its head, and it's got a weak skull, and my quarterstaff is deadly. So, unfortunately, I hit it on top of its head, and it died. Oh, It's like Looney Tunes, where they put the anvil on the head, just, mm. and then the X stars, <laughs> the X eyes. I tried to make it as peaceful as possible, but... Oh, you're so nice. In battle, <laughs> sometimes bad things happen. <laughs> All right. Is that your turn? 
I have a bonus unarmed strike. Can I use that against a different opponent? Uh, no. It's, uh, well... Hmm. It is Magical Tea Party, so the rules... <laughs> you know what? I'll let it this time, but if you attack and then you move, you can't. But those hyenas kind of swarmed all of you. So I'll let you do another an unarmed strike to a different one. Well, okay. I mean, if they're if they're farther away, would I have to would I would I have to use a move action to get to them? And then I would use my original attack. So if they're farther away, then I would have to get to them, mm -hmm. which means my bonus attack would probably be nullified. Yeah, exactly. If you have to move, it's nullified. Okay. They're they're close enough that I can do an unarmed strike mm -hmm. to They rushed you. Okay. Yeah, those hyenas rushed you. Okay, and who else got bit? I did, Tezzle. I'm going to, with my unarmed strike, hit the one that bit Tezzle. All right. And that's a 1d4. Uh, and what's the modifier on that? Plus three? I get the dexterity bonus instead of the strength, according to my class benefits. Okay. So it would be uh, four plus three. Nope, that doesn't hit. You miss. Oh, man. <laughs> Is that your turn? Yeah. Kariga, what do you do? All right, so how many hyenas are left? Five, and one of them is bloodied. Okay, so in the hopes that we don't have to kill anymore, can I turn into a bear and try to scare them off? Oh, hell yeah, you could do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah, so wild shape and then do an intimidation roll okay and see if you can scare them but and you know what i'll give you advantage on that because that's pretty cool okay i'm gonna turn into a big icy polar bear so that's 19 plus what am i looking at so that was to intimidate so you're not attacking you just change into a polar bear okay so 19 plus one it's 20 nice you can roll again if you want, but I don't know if you're going to hit a 20. Advantage means you roll twice and you take the higher. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, nope. That one's a yeah. five. <laughs> so I'll take the 20. All right. That's awesome. So you turn into a polar bear. How do you how do you transform? How do you change? Kind of just with my thoughts, I guess. Like, how does it look physically? Like, how does it... When you wild shape, how does it look? Um, I mean, you slowly see me lose my form. Being an Eladrin elf, I have a lot of seasonal abilities. So right now I'm kind of in winter. So you see just a lot of ice and my hair starts to turn into icicles until I just fully lose my my elf form. And then how do you scare those hyenas? So I start to charge at them and release like a really big roar. Let them know that they don't want to mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> that did it. So those hyenas did not expect you to turn into a polar bear and they were kind of taken aback and they fled with their short little tails tucked in between their legs and they just run right back into the into the forest the encounter's over if you do stuff on uh like if you want to do an action the order doesn't matter so that takes you out of encounter onik kind of hears that roar and the rams hear the roar too and they just are paralyzed like they just stop moving they stop bucking they're just like fight or flight. Like they're just frozen solid. And Onik turns around and is like, what is going Ah! And then just screams like he's just terrified. He's like, a white bear? I've never seen a white bear around these parts before. Totally, totally terrified. How do you think we feel? <laughs> You're used to me. No? Actually, we've seen, we've seen this before. So calm down. Everything's okay. I remember my first time she did that. It was quite frightening. 
Is she does she change right back into a human or does she stay in bear in beast mode for a while? What are my abilities in terms of that? You're just a bear. You turn into the stats of a bear. So if you go to like the monster manual or you you know you search it, there's a bear and those become your stats. Your character sheet is no longer there. Your stats is now a bear. Okay. You don't talk. You can't talk. Maybe in the future you will. You will be able to talk while you're in wild shape. But as of right now, you're just a bear. Okay. Like you just roar. <laughs> wild shape, you can change back whenever. Just to let you know. When we're outside of an encounter. So you can use that ability whenever. But just know that when we're in battle, it takes a turn to a minor. I think it's a minor action to change into a bear. And then a minor action to change back to an elf. Okay. So Oni kind of looks and is like, you guys aren't scared? There's a, a bear. There's a bear there. What, what, what? Where's your? Did it eat the elf? Where's the elf? Where? He's just flabbergasted. Like he doesn't know what is going on. It's okay. She's not going to hurt you. It's just our friend. See, I'll try to explain to him. She is unbearable. <laughs> My God. <laughs> no. I'm surprised you didn't come up with that, John. I don't understand what the bear is trying to tell me. It's making a loud noise. <laughs> she made him furious. Just hearing those puns, the dwarf just kind of like, oh, just kind of looks around and is like, ah, oh, okay, okay, all right. That's enough. He's just kind of like, he's like, you know what? I, I need a drink. I need a drink. And he turns over, turns around, and pulls the canvas off from the cart. And what you see is that cart is just full of stacked barrels just one two three four all the way down so there has to be at least a good 30 barrels just there and he takes his knife gets the cork and put in the hole pulls out the cork and just opens the lid and just grabs his mug and just ugh, drinks it and, it's like, ugh. and here i thought that the the spoke was the end of me and yet these animals i thought these animals would be and it's like ah okay obviously this forest is terrifying can all four of you just please accompany me to the festival it's not that far away it's just probably a several miles from here not that far we should be there in maybe an hour you know and he's just grabs another swig of the mug and just like chugs it down he's like oh yeah this is already proving to be a difficult day can you just accompany me up further up can i ask him a question before we make that decision Absolutely. So do you think that those animals ate the apples? Is that like, what do you know about the apples? Does that cause this sort of behavior in hyenas? You're asking Onik that question? Onik, yes. Ugh, these apples. So where we're going is, is actually a cider festival. A friend of mine, she holds it. This is actually her grandfather's estate. Ever since the meteor, this orchid has never been the same. She keeps holding the festivals, hoping that one day her crop will heal. But we're really good friends of hers and her grandfather's. And we just keep the tradition going. That's actually where I'm going right now. I wouldn't eat them. They taste awful. I've tried them years ago, but they're awful. I, those hyenas, I've never seen them before in my travels. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, so but we're what we're getting is made from the good apples, right? Oh, absolutely. This is my personal orchid. Nice. Very proud. Fortunately, I usually come up here with my wife and my eldest son, but they couldn't. 
harvest was too much, too difficult. So I'm keeping up with the tradition and I decided to come up myself, but oh, I never imagined so many problems going there. Cool. Thanks for the info. He pulls an extra cup and again, just kind of scoops it from the barrel. Here, have a taste. This is my own personal recipe. I'm never one to turn down some cider, so I have a nice, a nice big swig of it. So he gives the cup to you, Arendor, and he pulls three other ones. Anyone else? Before we start heading out, we have to be loose. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of my flaws is uh, vices, especially hard drinks, so I'm going to go for it too. It's alcoholic? Yes. Then, unfortunately, I have to abstain. But I appreciate the offer. Ah, okay. Uh, he also rummages through the bag, and he pulls out, like, a dog bowl kind of thing. Obviously, it's for his rams, but he puts the cider in, in the dog bowl and just kind of passes, you know, he's still kind of terrified fight of you, Karaga, and just kind of, ah, and then just runs back. So, if you want some cider. So, all three of you drink it? Yes. This is some really good cider. It's tart, but it has a very sweet aftertaste. Kind of like a sweet IPA. Cheers. I'd like to have more of the cider. Maybe if we accompany him to the fair, we'll get some more. I don't know what you guys think. Sounds great. Absolutely. Well, we don't want to get, you know, too rowdy before we get there. But promise, bottomless cup. You know what? This barrel right here and then just kind of slaps it on. He's like, this, this will be for all four of you. Well, three of you, but... I think I have some water some, somewhere down here for the monk. And just kind of closes the lid. And I'm like, all right, let's go hop onto the back. And we'll be there in a jiffy. Karaga, are you going to stay a bear? <laughs> I'm going to go back into elf form. I don't want to scare people at the fair. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so on it kind of pats on the back. There's room for two of you in the front. And then two of you can sit in the back. I'll go in the front. I think I'll hang out in the back since, you know, I like being in the back. I'll hang out in the back too. I like uh, <laughs> I like just riding along and seeing the countryside pass me by. I'll sit in the front with Karaga too. Oh, I'm such, a, I'm so lucky. All the lasses in the front, very well. <laughs> <laughs> and then he grabs his stirrup and, yeah, and wishes the reins and the two rams with the elegant horns move forward. All right, please cut that out. That's saying it, no. All right. Rainy Stan.